Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, coming to you live, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. Uh, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number to get on the air. And of course, you can text me directly at 720-336-0897. We're taking your calls and your questions today. Uh, We are live on the air up and down the front range here in Colorado on the Grace FM radio network. Uh, That includes you guys up in Cheyenne, Wyoming and Scotts Bluff, Nebraska and all the way down into the Pueblo West area. Not the strongest signal, but that's okay. Uh, We're working on it. We want to see it increase and be encouraged by uh, reaching more people with the gospel. Never before has free FM radio been so important than now with COVID and uh, all the challenges financially, all of the uh, technological issues uh, FM radio, radio in general, is a very effective medium uh, for communicating, and we're grateful to have a small little place on the dial, but more importantly, a small place in your life, uh, letting the Holy Spirit bind our hearts together in the gospel, that we would strive to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Uh, so here at Grace FM, a lot of work is a lot of work is put in behind the scenes to have the station on the air running as smooth as it does um, and and the fruit of ministry is powerful. Can I just speak to a mo- for a moment to you pastors and leaders listening in? Um, I want to remind you and again we're taking your calls uh, until you until you call in I'll be talking and it's like so if you don't want me to talk, then call in. <laughs> so uh, I see all you guys, well, man, around the country. I can't wait. I, 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 Kevin likes to send me a map of all the states that listening. Texas, Arizona, Nevada. Hey, there's no Californias. Uh, what is that? Portland, Wyoming, Colorado, of course, Kansas, uh, Florida. Shout out to you guys, Minneapolis, Michigan, California. Uh, South Dakota. Uh, so welcome, welcome, welcome around the country, around the world. Uh, taking your calls and questions, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Now, uh, I, I had a thought. This is the second time this has happened. Uh, I had a thought, and it just escaped me. I was talking to pastors, and we were. T- we, I was just about to share with you how God uses technology. And I want to encourage you, pastor and leader, embrace every form of technology 
that you are comfortable with and then even push the boundaries of comfortableness. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not asking you to sin. I'm not asking you to uh, go against your own convictions. I'm not asking you uh, to do something that would, you know, be against your conscience, but I am asking you, let's just say something is uh, right there, you know, something is on the edge, and you go, I don't know, I don't have that conviction, Uh, I don't know if I really want to do that, Uh, then reevaluate your convictions, but I want you to say, I want you to embrace technology, don't stop um, holding back from the opportunity for your voice and your ministry to be shared, And, and so God uses Back in the day, he used cassette tapes. He used, obviously, radio, drive-in theaters. Uh, that was a form of technology, uh, you know, a new way of doing things. Um, the Calvary Chapel movement was instrumental in introducing what's known today as contemporary cr- Christian contemporary music. They allowed drums and, and guitars on the stage to lead worship, and, you know, I would say, go one step further, they didn't uh, allow it, they pioneered it, our little fellowship family, and, you know, so cassette tapes, um, radio, uh, television, online streaming, do it all, do it all to the glory of God, Do do it all to the best of your ability, to the best of your ability. Be excellent in what God's called you to do, and don't don't look down at someone that's using the technology. Use an app and a, a website. I mean, people, YouTube. I'm going to keep thinking of ways to use technology because, like, this is technology is the language of the 21st century. Uh, TikTok and uh, Snapchat and man, you name it. Of course, there's the go-to's Facebook, Twitter, uh, but. The young people have moved on from Facebook and Twitter a long time ago. Uh, they're up in, um, they're up on TikTok and they're up on Snapchat, and and I would encourage you uh, as you um, as you consider ministry, uh, would you please consider using every available technology for the gospel for your church? Three zero three six nine zero. 3,000 is the number. So we're going to go right to the phone lines. Larry in Denver, welcome to the program. Oh, hi there, Pastor. Um, my question is, um, bringing to Matthew, you know, Jesus is healing people, and uh, he's talking to his disciples about uh, you know, who he is, he's the Messiah, but then he tells, uh, tells you know, the people who he healed and the disciples, that don't tell anybody who I am. Why did he say that? I'm really curious. Because to me, it's like you should tell everybody who Jesus is as a witness. Well, and that's exactly what that's exactly what the normal response would be. Like God does a work in work in our lives, and we would naturally, normally want to respond. But following Jesus was a unique situation. Uh, there was a uniqueness about it, and the uniqueness was is that Jesus was on a very precise timetable. And his instruction to not tell anyone was simply a affirmation that he's on the Father's timetable, and it will get out. the The news will get out when it needs to get out, and and it could be on a, a secondary side. The text does not say this, but it's possible that 
it's just also Jesus testing them in relationship to whether they will obey him or not. But I believe the primary, the primary reason is that Jesus was on a particular timetable, and he did not want that thwarted uh, by you know crowds and people pressing in on him and demanding that he do this and he do that, but rather, hey, don't tell anybody yet, I guess is the best way to put that, that direction from Jesus. It wasn't ever, it was just yet. Are you still with us? Yeah, hello? Yes. Did you get that answer? Um, yes, but then later he wouldn't, he said, the people said that, uh, I guess they wouldn't told everybody anyway, because it says, yeah. oh yeah, he told them not to say anything, but then they wouldn't said, told everybody. Well, and that is the reality of trusting a human to accomplish something spiritual. Yeah, to me it was like when someone tells you not to do something, you, yeah. you really have to fight not to do it, but it's really easy to do it, and you really want to do it that much more. Yeah, and I think also something was coming to me as I was thinking about your original question when you said, you know, why wouldn't we want to tell Jesus, tell people about Jesus, you know, why would he ever ask us to hold it back? And and I think it's important to realize that there were other times Jesus did send people out with the gospel and said, go tell, go tell, go tell. That was actually part of his final words, wasn't it? The Great Commission, go into all the world, preach the gospel. Um, but but when you, there are times when Jesus says, no, my hour has not come yet, it's not time, so please, you know, hold it to yourself for the time being, and let me control the narrative uh, of my revelation to the Jews and my, um, the work that I'm doing, and I'm going to do with, uh, in Egypt, and there was a plan and a purpose of the perfect timing. It's like anything. You know, if you, I remember as a kid, I was always so nervous, so nervous to ask my parents for something until I learned that timing is everything. And when I have the right timing, then I have a greater chance of getting what I want. And I think that these, those that were with Jesus told not to share are learning. You get, you know, you, God reserves his best for those that wait on him. And so when we I wait, God does a great work. Yeah, I was just thinking that uh, maybe he was just saying, yeah, trust, trust in the Lord, because, uh, you know, it's like, you know, we just try to do everything on our own, it seems like most of the time, and we don't really trust uh, for God to lead us and give us the answers. We try to just do the world good thing. And I don't know, maybe there's something like that, too. I don't know. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it becomes speculative, of course, uh, because uh, we don't know exactly, like, we we we're we're deducing from the text where but but Jesus doesn't explain it uh, in that case and um, but he does explain in different places that he has a perfect timing and his time has not come so you know you put two and two together and you go okay we know that Jesus always did that which pleases the Father and he lived a very and he lived a very focused laser focused life. Uh, yeah, that, that's a great answer. I, I uh, really uh, understand that. Really, uh, I see the light here. So, really, thank you for opening my eyes to that. You're welcome. Great question. Thanks for calling. Take care. All right, bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to move on to Anthony in New Jersey. Anthony, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. I listen to you guys all the time. Oh, and um, I just wanted prayer. Um, I'm in the hospital um, 13 months now. And um, they're looking for housing for me and a bunch of other people that I'm here with. 
and I just really wanted prayer for, for myself and for all the brothers that I'm close with here to get out, to move on with our lives, to follow the Lord, and just just move on, you know? Well, let's do that. Father, I pray for my brother in New Jersey who's desiring to get out of this hospital and that you would provide the strength that he needs, that you would provide the encouragement that he needs, and that you would find a way where there is no way, that even when they're looking at things and it becomes uh, impossible or beyond able, that you'll show yourself strong in order to provide for my brother and all his friends there in the hospital, that they would be able to be released and live fruitful, abundant lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. I appreciate it. I'm glad I called. God bless you, brother. God bless you. 303-690-3000. We've got a text question. No phone lines are full, so they're all empty. Grab a phone line if you'd like, 303-690-3000. Here's a text question. How to know if God, how do I know if God is calling you to be a pastor? How do I know if God is calling you to be a pastor? Well, that's a good question. Uh, the reality is, is that you will f- sense that overwhelming desire to obey God by caring for his people. Now, that's not to say every believer or every calling doesn't care for people, but a pastor has a unique calling to live their lives 24 hours a day, seven days a week, caring for the people of God. And in caring for the people of God, God shows himself faithful and reveals himself as faithful and reveals himself as strong. So you you feel a, a very strong burden to call. As a matter of fact, the burden's so strong that you can't see yourself doing anything else. Uh, and and then there is a a lot of things that happen. You know, you you like to teach, you like to visit people in the hospital. You you have these desires um, that are supernatural. You know, God gives them to you, and you live and breathe with the desire to serve God. And that doesn't mean you're going to be a full-time pastor. It just We're talking about the, the calling, because you may or may not be a full-time. You may be what's called a bivocational pastor, and that's when you work and you pastor. So you work a job to provide for the needs of your family, and you pastor to provide for the needs of God or His desires for your life. You obey Him. Um, but, you know, desire to serve people, desire to study the Bible, you have a prayer life, uh, you are growing in faith, You God uses you that way, so you have all the desires, but if God doesn't use you that way, you know, if you're not effective, if you are unable to teach, you are unable to lead, uh, that I would question whether that calling's in my life. But that's a few short little things that I think would be good. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. Wide open lines. 303-690-3000. Give me a call. We're going to be here tonight at Calvary Church at 7 o'clock. It is a Q&A session. Uh, I'll be here with Pastor Joshua, and we will take your questions, both 
you, you can text them in. You, we're using the text line for Grace FM as the text line of how we receive the questions tonight. So be here in person as we sing together, we'll pray together, we'll have communion together, and then we'll answer questions together. So you can be here tonight at 7 p.m., or you can watch online at calvaryco.church or get the app, and you can download the free app and connect with us through uh, just being streamed right there on your phone. So wherever you are, you can take the Word of God with you and the teaching of God with you. It's pretty cool. So we'll be here tonight at 7 o'clock, and I invite you to be here. I invite you to enjoy the life that God has given you by paying Him His respects. 303-690-3000 is the number, 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions. Lights are lighting up, but we still have open lines, so give us a call. 303-690-3000. So I was talking about technology earlier, right? And I received a note. We receive notes all the time, but I received a note uh, that was sent to me personally recently that said something along the lines, I attended online church today, and I responded to the altar call to come and make a second chance, take a second chance from God. So there was like repentance and change and life change. And it was through technology. We, we, we had all the people working behind the scenes, getting things together. And then we live streamed it. This person couldn't make it to be in person uh, on the property, which is fine. She was just as much in action. as She was just as much uh, responding to the message over an online um, delivery than being in the room. And it, I was just so encouraged. She, res- she wrote, she responded to the altar call, and she was watching online. So in person, online, on the radio, on television, on YouTube, the Word of God is unhindered. And don't, don't think for a minute that the restrictions, whether you agree with them or not, I mean, with the COVID and all the concerning things that are happening, well, I don't like masks. You're you're stamping on my First Amendment rights, or all of those things. Set that just aside for a moment. I'm not asking you to change your mind. I'm not. I'm not asking to even argue. I'm not not going in that direction. But would you f- just for a moment set those preferences aside and think how God will not be hindered? I watched this guy talk about. Mass the other day, like it's like God, like the enemy is shutting our mouths with masks. That was a pastor teaching his people, and it happened to be somebody I, I love and respect teaching his people about how masks have stopped. You can't you look at what's happening, they're si- trying to silence the church. I don't know what kind of mask you're wearing, but the masks that I'm wearing do not silence me. Now, they kind of muffle your voice a little bit, I guess. Uh, and, and we all, when we are wearing our mask for staff meeting and my hearing and everything, like it, but it does not stop you from sharing the gospel. I have been able to preach the gospel with the mask on. I've been able to be worship with the mask on. I've been able to talk to people in the marketplace with the mask on. And just last week, I had an, I, we did an altar call. We called people to the front, and I prayed with people to receive the Lord Jesus Christ 
You guessed it, with a mask on, within a couple feet of them. And listen, I don't want it mandatory any, any more than you do. I'm hoping this week that the the governor, you know, pulls the that lets it expire and starts re, re, uh, the numbers in Colorado are very good and trending down. Uh, they have been very good from the beginning. We've had a little bit of peaks here and there, but the, it's generally been exceptional. And so, Jared Polis, if you're listening to Grace FM, first of all, welcome to Grace FM. Uh, it is a radio station dedicated to the grace of God. And uh, we pray for you, Governor. Uh, literally every day we pray for you as the leader. The Bible tells us to pray for you. And we love you in Jesus' name. And we are praying that you would reasonably respond. Because I think most of the decisions, Governor, you've been making have been more pragmatic than most many other states. Uh, you, have, you have tried to be reasonable, and it, it's apparent you've tried to be rational uh, in your decisions, but I, I believe that the the people of our fine state uh, want these restrictions lifted. To some degree, um, we know the virus is real. We know it's spreading. We we know we may not be all you know knowledgeable of medical thing, and just because you watch a YouTube video doesn't make us experts. Um, and maybe the experts around you aren't, aren't reading the data properly, but whatever. We just want you to lift the restrictions, let the mask requirement fade away, bring back the uh, churches meeting um, with more people, just let, open up the economy and forget all that. If Jared Polis, if you're listening to the radio station, we want you to come into a right relationship with God uh, because we love you and we know that a life apart from God is miserable. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how, how big of a house you live in. It doesn't matter what route of relationships and friendships you've taken apart from Jesus Christ. And now I know you might be going, well, you know, and maybe maybe you disagree. Maybe you think the, the fullness of life is now. But I know that my Bible says that God has put eternity in your heart. And because he's put eternity in your heart, there's a longing inside of you that knows there's a distance between you and God. And I want to invite you to acknowledge the sinfulness in your life. And that's not like a finger pointing at you, Governor. Uh, that is the reality of life. It's the same thing someone shared with me many years ago. Um, and I had to come to terms with my, with my separation from God. I had to come to terms with the reality of the life that I was living. It was immoral. It was wrong. It was hurtful. Um, and, uh, and I don't know that someone would have called me or I, even someone would call you a bad person. It's not about bad or good. It's about f lost. It's about our lostness. And, and so, again, whatever governor or leader might be listening right now, the church loves you. And we love our leaders. It's true we, we may not um, agree with you. Um, we may not see things the same way. We may not uh, like what's happening. 
And please forgive us if we have sent any kind of message that says that God doesn't love you. God does love you. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sins and mine. And it was hard for me to come to terms with where I was in that stage of life. It was hard for me to come to terms with the reality that my life may not measure up to my creator. And I mean, let's just be serious here. You, 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 it, it, we have to suspend our ability to think clearly, to think that we evolved over time and that we just came out of some glop of goo. I mean, that, that if we say, oh, we got to believe in science in order to, to solve this virus, but if science says that I, I'm an evolved person that has no creator, I reject that. It's not true science. True science will always point back to the scriptures. And, and so my heart, my heart, more than opening the church, more than any of that, is to see you come uh, and to see our leaders come into a right relationship with God. That's all that matters. And, and so governor, mayor... A city council member, uh, anyone on the, you know, maybe the the, the health department. Um, I want you to know this church on this corner loves you, and and what I mean by that, it's not the building, obviously, right? The people of this church love you. We pray for you, and if we've misrepresented the love, mercy, and grace of Jesus Christ, we ask for your forgiveness. Now, I say that to anybody listening. Uh, that that would look at the church and just shake your head and say, what are you guys doing? What are you thinking? You don't care. You want to kill people. No, we don't. No, that's not true. That's just simply untrue. We want to, we want to be good neighbors. Uh, we, we want to honor those in our community. Uh, we, we want to be a strong representation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we also desire to exercise the same freedoms that you have. And so you might hear, you know, wait a minute, why can you go to, why can casinos have all this capacity and, and churches are treated like the most dangerous place on the earth? I disagree. I disagree. Like we're in three categories in the Douglas County or the Colorado State Health Department. Churches are in three categories. Now you guys in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Maryland, you know, North Carolina, Kentucky. I don't know what's happening there. So please forgive me just addressing Colorado right now. But like we we are in three categories of the most dangerous place on the earth for the COVID. And that's not true. It's not true. Um, as a matter of fact, I was just at the supermarket the other day. They're not even cleaning anymore. They're not cleaning the carts. They're not wiping them down. They're not, they weren't even spraying them. They just have a little box there with some sprays. You want to clean them, you can clean them yourself. And there's no people restrictions in, in there anymore. Uh, there were people without their masks on in the market. There were people walking up and down the aisle. Like they're, the restrict, they're, they're taking, I don't know who gave them the permission, but they're just taking all restrictions off. And I'm not saying I necessarily disagree with that. I'm just, I know that when I walk into the market, I am risking, I'm taking a risk. I get that. But to treat churches the way you are, it's not right. It's not right. You can go to Home Depot, you can go to the supermarket, but churches are restricted to a certain amount of people. And then this nonsense that you can't sing. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And so 
I'm sharing all this for the sake of giving some balance. I don't, I don't want this to be the topic of the show, so we're not going to let it be the topic of the show. But I do want to show you that you can have a reasonable mind about it and you can love people and you can express that love without approval. I don't approve of all the decisions our governor has made, but I love him. I don't like all the decisions that he's made, but I love him. And if I had the opportunity to share dinner with him, if I had the opportunity to talk to him, I would absolutely 100%. And, and I would talk and, and befriend and build a bridge for the gospel. Anyway, that's the first half. Open lines, 303-690-3000. 720-336-0897 is our texting line. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to the second half of today's program. Taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000 is the number. We have open lines. 303-690-3000. Going to pray. Pastor Ed, please pray for me and my wife. Alcohol has found its way back into our marriage. We have our higher calling. Our lives have become a mess. Please pray for our business. We feel a general sense of depression since COVID hit. Lord, I pray for Chris and Liz as they text in by name. I pray again against the wicked schemes of the devil that has been using their emotions, their flesh, and also this world by bringing alcohol back into their home. Uh, I pray, God, that you would deliver them and bring them back to sobriety again, which almost immediately will lift the cloud of depression over them. So I pray for them, God, by faith, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, guys, uh, I just wrote a blog post uh, just recently this week. I posted on Monday, or maybe last week, but if you go to our website, you can read it. It's called Dealing with a Low-Grade Depression. That's been a phrase I keep seeing pop up, pop up everywhere, low-grade depression. I think even, um, I don't want to misspeak, I think it was... Um, Oh, I don't remember what famous person said they were dealing with low-grade depression. They actually used that phrase. Um, I want to say it was Michelle Obama, but I don't want to misquote, so let me just look it up real quick. And I was thinking, man, this has affected all kinds of people. And it was Obama. So uh, former President Obama's wife, Michelle, um, I read an R- I read a... a I read a headline that said, Michelle Obama suffering from low-grade depression. What is it and what are the effects? And, and I didn't read the article, but I wanted to speak to it from a biblical perspective because I promise you, whoever's writing about it uh, in the mainstream uh, media is not going to be talking to you about the things of the Lord. So I wrote, low, dealing with the low-grade depression, things to do and don't do. And it reminds me now, um, 
I wrote it for a generally Christian audience, but now looking back, I probably need to edit it. And one of the pieces of advice would be don't drink alcohol and don't start smoking pot. It's not going to give you the relief that you're looking for, especially alcohol, because alcohol is a depressant. So if you're depressed and you drink alcohol, you're going to get more depressed. So praying for you guys. Here's another question online uh, while we're waiting for your calls. 303-690-3000. Would, would you explain what is meant by Ephesians 6, 12, where it says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers? Yes, the, the significance of that verse is that the warfare, again, they're using me- metaphoric language, um, warfare is a pretty heavy, if you've seen, even, I, I mean, if you've been, if you have fought for our country and been in the midst of warfare, first of all, thank you. Thank you very much for putting your lives on the line. And you would be able to to tell us better than I could the ravaging effects of true war. That's the picture that's being used to describe the battle that's going on in your life. The problem is, is that most of the difficulties we face in life or with other people. Most of the difficulties that we face in life are practical. Um, we get frustrated with a flat tire, or somebody breaks into our house, or uh, somebody steals money, or, and, and it's like, oh, this is so hard, life is so hard, and we may forget that we're not fighting the people. God, God's intent is for not, us not to fight people, but to, to see people saved. Uh, and and show and so in light of that, we want to remember that our primary battle is spiritual, and because our battle is spiritual and not physical, we need to learn to fight with spiritual weapons. So let's let me give you an example. Uh, the, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. There's a demonic force, spiritual force behind the negativity, the division. And there you are fighting with your wife, screaming at her. She, she hurts you. Let's just say this. Well, let's flip. She, uh, it can go both ways. You know, she hurts you. She said something bad, hurt your feelings, um, you know, disrespected you. Or you said something harsh and it hurt your wife. And, just, and so you start fighting. Bah, bah, you're an idiot. You're a jerk. I hate you. Why did I ever marry you? And you're using physical weapons against the one that you love. I just did. I just. I just officiated a wedding on Monday. Uh, I don't do too many weddings anymore. The guys on staff do most of the weddings, but uh, this one I was able to do. And I was there, you know, within inches of the the bride and the groom through the whole time. A young couple, um, 20s, you know, early 20s, young, young. <laughs> Everybody's young to compare to me these days. And, and we went through the vows. And we, they shared vows with one another. They looked each other in the eye. They were literally inches face, from their faces together, telling each other they're committing to one another, thick or thin, good or bad, sickness and in health, all the traditional vows. And, you know, if they had decide, if they're on their honeymoon right now somewhere in this nice world of ours that they could fly to, if they get into a major fight in the hotel room, like a big one, and I, I know they won't, they're sweet people, but let's just say they did, throwing things, breaking lamps, now they got to go to jail, 
And then they're in jail, and then they're sharing cells like next to each other, and they're screaming one another. And then they push a guard, and now they got a felony count here, felony count there, and and they were using the wrong weapons, and it got them in more trouble. They were they were thinking their battle was with their spouse, but it's not. Our battle is in the spiritual realm. Our battle is against the forces of evil. It's not each other. And the, the Lord wants us to love each other, not destroy each other. And you can go to our website, calvaryco.church, and listen to the Bible study I taught on that section. I explain it in much more depth. 303-690-3000. All right, we're going over to Denver, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Sean in Canyon City. Never mind. Sean, don't hang up. I blew it. I should have saw there was more than one. Sean wanted to know when angels warn people not to take the mark of the beast, why do people still end up deciding to take it? That's a great question. Let me explain to you first, Sean, that the mark of the beast is a spiritual decision, not a physical decision. And the mark of the beast shows religious allegiance to the Antichrist and the, the false religious system of the end times in the last days, the, the Great Tribulation period. And it is presented physically, though, because you can't participate in the economic system without this mark. So there is a choice to be made in the physical realm that has spiritual, eternal consequences. And you go, Ed, that doesn't make any sense. How can you have a physical decision that has eternal consequences? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because salvation has the same characteristics. So obviously a decision to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ is a decision that's made in the physical realm. A decision made in the physical realm then opens this cosmic spiritual thing between God where he gives you new life. So the only time you can make a decision to follow God is now, when you decide to do that, and I know everybody disagrees on what that looks like, how it happens, but let's just say, like, like Matthew, Jesus walks by, you get up, follow me, all right, I'm getting up to follow you. But that physical decision, that physical decision had eternal consequences. The mark of the beast is the same way. Um, perhaps their motive of taking it is to eat because money's more important. Perhaps the motive for them to take it would be for status or prestige. Perhaps the motive to take it was they don't care. They're just going to live it out. They don't care. They, they're already loyal to the Antichrist. They don't care. They just want to go along with the program. But there's a lot of different motives. But understand, it's a spiritual, it's, it's a, it, it is presented in the physical realm but it is very much a spirit, uh, excuse me, a spiritual decision. 303-690-3000. We're going to head over to the eastern, is it eastern Colorado? Are you somewhere out, out east, Richard? Yeah, I'm, act, I'm actually uh, going, I'm actually making my way back into Denver right now. Oh, welcome back. What can I do for you, Richard? Yes, I actually had a question that there was a, what, like, when it comes to spiritual gifts, I know there's the gift of evangelism, and then there's the gift of prophecy, prophecy or prophesy. I know that has two different meanings. Uh-huh. But what is the difference between the two, and 
if, or if there is a difference between the two. Okay, so I'm going to answer it in a way you probably weren't expecting. Uh, I believe there's no such thing as the gift of evangelism, uh, like, like any other spiritual gift, that I believe every one of us are evangelists, and every one of us is going to be used in the way that God has made us, but there is no specific gift of evangelism. And now I do, I do believe that we use vernacular that might lead us to think that, uh, where we say um, that guy has that guy is very gifted in evangelism, or he's anointed, or God uses him that way. Um, but the the reality of the work, the the evangelist's work. Now there is a role of evangelist. Um, you know, there's a position according to Ephesians. Uh, there's a role of evangelist, evangelist, but I believe when an evangelist is sharing, he's actually exercising or she's exercising the gift of teaching or the gift of exhortation, uh, one of those two. So, so let me go back a little bit and say, I suggest that there are only seven primary spiritual gifts. Seven primary spiritual gifts. And what I mean by that is I believe... There are seven, seven being the number of completion, gifts mentioned in Romans chapter 12, that every single born-again believer has at least one of them, and the gifts are prophecy, um, that's to speak forth the Word of God, ministry, that's serving, teaching, that's teaching, exhorting could be um, the idea of encouragement or even strong encouragement, there's the gift of giving, there's the gift of leading, and or administration, and there's also the gift of mercy. And though those are the primary conduits by which God uses a man or a woman in his body in the in the world today. And then we have in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 manifestations of the Spirit that come alongside your primary gift to enhance it. And then in Ephesians chapter 4, we have a small, very, very, very small list of special, unique, gifted people, positions that God has given to the church. Like the pastor-teacher uh, is just that. He is a man entrusted to shepherd the flock of God that has the gift of teaching. And evangelism is something that is easier for people with different personalities. If you have a more open personality, you could talk to anybody about anything, you'll probably be known as a person that shared the gospel more or an evangelist. Um, but the distinction, if I go back, are you still with us, Richard? Yeah. So let's go back to your original question, and you can clarify. Uh, when I go back to your original question, where the difference between uh, the gift of, uh, you compared what, you, the gift of prophecy and other verbal gifts or evangelism, like we went through them one by one, so I'd encourage you to listen uh, to those studies in Romans, in Romans chapter 12. But prophecy is speaking forth the Word of God to a specific time or a specific situation or, or person. And the gift of evangelism, or if you want to look at it for somebody that is an evangelist, you are using your mouth to share the good news of Jesus Christ with somebody. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And everybody does, everybody does that. Well, great. Thanks for calling. I think it's a lot. I think that's a, 
that's a question that is on many people's minds. So thanks for calling. Thank you. God bless. All right, man. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. It looks like we're going to head over to Greeley now. Ryan is calling. Ryan, welcome to the program. How are you doing? Doing great. Um, so first off, just wanted to let you know, uh, I really appreciate that stance you took at the end of the first segment. Um, as, uh, I didn't realize that, you know, things are starting to slack off as far as the marketplace and, you know, more public places. Um, so yes. you now you say that about the church and man, it was awesome to hear you right on stance like that. Um, but uh, on to my question, so what's going on uh, specifically for me, um, I, uh, I was in you know, the prayer closet a few weeks ago, and I, uh, while I was praying, Jesus came to me, and he, I heard his voice, and he told me, you need to leave where you're at um, as far as my job. Um, and uh, I haven't done that yet. Um, I'm still you know, working full time, um, not because I don't want to listen to him, but because financially right now it almost seems impossible. And um, at face value, that feels like, as I said, it feels you know I don't trust Jesus. I don't. I'm being disobedient, and that's what scares me. But at the same time, I feel like it'd be irresponsible to leave my job without knowing where I'm going or without knowing how long I'll be without a job. It feels like I definitely feel a strong hold uh, working in ministry full time. Um, I'm starting seminary this month, if that has anything to do with it. But um, I just really appreciate a pastor's take on my situation. Well, a couple things come to mind when I when I hear a man talk about like it's very hard for me to disagree with the fact that you could have heard from God to quit your job uh, or to move on from your job. Uh, that that definitely could be true. We don't know for sure, but you you experienced it. But let's look back and apply what you said or what you think you heard from um, from the Scriptures. First of all, we know that God can call us radically to do things that don't make sense to us. We know that. It's true. Uh, we even know that there was a unique time in the history of Abraham when he was called to leave his hometown, and he didn't know where he was going. And uh, that that's not the normative way God does things, but he certainly has done it that way before. So I'm not gonna, I couldn't argue with the fact that you heard what you heard. Uh, whether it was from the Lord or not, I don't know, but but let's just say it was. Um, number one, he didn't tell you when to quit, uh, so you aren't necessarily. He didn't say quit today. Go into your go into your boss's office right now and quit. Uh, he may have been dropping. You know, sometimes God will work on us now for what's up ahead, and and it could be years before you end up moving on to 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 either another job or perhaps into full time ministry. However. Secondly, maybe it should have been number one, if you were coming here to Calvary, we would tell you that we believe that we're all in full-time ministry. It doesn't matter where our checks come from. 
It doesn't matter where we get paid. I served for seven years working in the corporate world, uh, partly with a family business and partly when they sold our company to a corporation. And, and I also did pretty much full-time ministry at the same time. Then I moved here to Colorado to be used to God to plant this church, to be a part of the church he was planting, and I worked full-time when I got here. And my job was pretty demanding. It was a, I was on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, and out here, I got called. I probably got called on o- out overnight here uh, in the nine months I was working here in this office than I did all the, year, all the years I worked in California. Uh, it was just bizarre. It was a bizarre thing. But I was, I was providing for the needs of my family while at the same time in full-time ministry. And I do know, understand what you mean too, that when you say full-time ministry, I'm sure you mean full-time vocational ministry where that's where your job is. But I believe that as you walk carefully through this, that you should be fully engaged in the ministry that you're already doing in your church. Uh, You should be fully engaged at the workplace that you are open to the Holy Spirit to be sure to be used by him right there because the people you work with, you have greater access to the people you work with than I ever would. You know, some of the people you work with never walk into a church, don't want anything to do with God, but there, God knew that. So what did he do? He brought the, he brought the church to them by putting you in their office. And so you don't know the timing. Um, it's, and the fact, I, I was also thinking of the scripture where it says, if a man won't work, he won't eat. There is an obligation God has placed on you biblically to work to eat, to work to provide for the needs of your family. And you are not in sin by working for the needs of your family. Now, if God has, if you got in that vision or that revelation from God that you should quit your job, um, but you still need to keep working, then you should start looking for another job. And then when you find another job, quit the one you're in. And that that will solve that problem. Okay. So you would you alone, you know, with what you share with me, I don't know exactly what God's telling you, you know. But with what you share with me, um, the reality of what you're sensing God telling you to do, just ask for clarification so that you can obey God properly. And I, I guess the purpose, the thing I can say for sure is, from the way you described it, I can't say absolutely that you're in sinful rebellion. It doesn't sound like it. Uh, It could be possible, but it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like you're excited about the future. You're excited to be used of God. You want to be used by God. You want to dedicate yourself to uh, the ministry and serving the people of God, and God is prepping you and preparing you for that. Um, and, And so I... If it's time to move on, then put your two-week notice in and go look for another job. Okay. That's encouraging. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't know where you're at. And even if it, and let me just suggest, maybe you didn't hear from God at all. Like, maybe it's just your emotions right now because you've got a lot of exciting things happening. You know, sim- entering a seminary is pretty exciting. It's going to kick your butt, but you're going to like it. It's going to be worth it. <laughs> Uh, some deep, deep learning there, but you're excited about it. You're wanting to prepare yourself, be trained for the ministry. Great. And then alongside of that is that overwhelming desire, like this is how I want to spend my life. 
<laughs> this is what I want to do the rest of my life, which is a noble, he who desires uh, the, uh, uh, oh, <clears throat> excuse me, he who desires the position of a bishop desires a good thing, the Bible says. But let me just remind you that there's a reality to ministry, and you, can inv- you could in- interview anybody that works on staff here, pastors. You can talk to Kevin when we hang up if you want to, and Kevin will tell you how hard it is, that it's no, no uh, walk in the park working at a church. I could tell you that. Uh, the warfare is out of control. Um, you, you're dealing with difficulties all day, every day. Um, it is rewarding, but it's super hard. So the solution, sometimes guys will get so frustrated in their current job that they'll, they feel this calling and the guy, I, I want to work for a church. Well, you are the church, so you work for yourself. You already do. Okay. And it doesn't matter where your paycheck comes from. You are in the full-time ministry. God has anointed you to be a spiritual leader wherever he, wherever you work and wherever you shop. And, it, and going into full-time vocational ministry isn't necessarily for everyone. Okay. So those are my thoughts, my friend. I appreciate it. I really do. Um, I was like, I've got a lot to pray for. <laughs> yes. For and sure. So before you quit your job, just pray for clarity. You know, pray that you heard from the Lord correctly and that he really gives you that confirmation. I know it's possible, so I'm not discounting it. God, us moving to Colorado was, was quite, the, um, quite the, the step of faith for us from California. Uh, and we, we did it, and we weren't sure when we... That's the other side of stepping out in faith, right? We just did it, although I didn't quit my job. I, I was raising a family, so I had three kids and a wife. I didn't quit my job. I transferred with my job, and I served full-time. I planted the church, and I really thought I'd be working seven or eight years, really, truly, before we had enough people in the church, maybe 100, 150 people, where I could quit my job and take a small salary and begin to pour into that group of people. But what, what happened when we got there was far greater than we could have ever expected, and we ended, I ended up quitting my job in nine months. And oh, wow. the, the church, there was first of all, there was already a group meeting, so I met with them, about 30 people, and then we took those 30 people and we started Sunday morning services, and then from Sunday morning, um, it just took off. I don't know how to explain it, but God was entrusting with us more people, more people, and, and uh, so I know the other side is true too, um, but I know for me, I, I just took that mandate to provide for my family and my kids that God would not send me a confusing message like that. Does he sometimes send those messages that maybe we interpret as confusing but are from him? Yes, but you would have a peace that passes all understanding that came with that call, and you just don't have it right now. Okay. Okay. Well, Pastor, again, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm definitely going to be there for a long time tonight. Okay, brother. I look forward to uh, to watching. You know, keep us up to date. Call us back every couple of weeks, especially after you start seminary, and uh, we could pray for you as you face some of the some of the challenges that come with seminary. Okay, sure. Can. Yeah. Let me sure pray thing. for you right now. Is that okay? 
Yeah, go for it. Father, I do pray for my friend as he steps into the waters of walking by faith and help him to discern whether this is from you or not. Just in the timing. Sometimes you give us direction, God, and we, we have the timing off. And, and uh, sometimes we are hesitant and help, um, disobedient. So I don't know where my brother is, but you do. And your word says that if we lack wisdom, we can ask you, and you could give us wisdom. So I pray you give that to my friend. Help him and lead him, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, man. See you later. Well, here we are at the end of the show. We're here for Q&A, but you got to be here in person. Uh, you can send your text in. We're using the same number for the show. So if you want to send a text question in for tonight, 720-336-0897. Uh, it'll be live all night. Service starts at 7. We're going to have some worship together with my brother Henry. Um, who and I, He and I have served for years and years and years back in California. He and his precious family have been here for 10 years. So he's leading us in worship tonight. Pastor uh, JJ is going to be leading us in prayer. Then we have communion available. And then we'll be Pastor Joshua, a fine young man, if I don't say so myself. Uh, my son and I will field questions. And we have a very special guest MC tonight, uh, stepping up by faith because Pastor Ian's on vacation, or not, or away at least. Pastor Ian's away, so we'll be introducing tonight the fabulous Marie Taylor. She's going to be emceeing tonight um, our question and answer. So I'm excited. It's a first. It's a first for her, first for us doing it together. Love that lady. So God bless you guys. We'll see you tonight here, Calvary Church, 7 o'clock, online, calvaryco.live. And um, be a part of it, man. Come, we can meet, so get here. Get here and meet. See you then. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.